Long ago in ancient Mesopotamia, a civilization laid the foundations for Christianity, but in ways one might not expect. Hosts Denise and Buddy Wood go on a spiritual and thought-provoking journey, uncovering and exploring some of Christianity's hidden truths. Join us as we unveil and explore the mystery that is the remnants of Ur. Welcome to Remnants of Ur. My name is Denise Wood. And my name is Buddy Wood. And last episode, we compared the Jewish religion that was firmly in place during the days of Christ to that of Ur. We also talked about the similarities of the structure of Ur's religion to Christianity today. This is episode 18, entitled The Gospels, and coincides with the chapter 12 in the book Remnants of Ur. The first thing I want to ask each one of you who identify as a Christian is where does your fundamental belief in Christ come from? Is it that you were taught about Jesus during your youth and you trust in the ones who taught you? Is it that you trust in the Bible, believing that every word was breathed from God and that the Bible is your solid rock? As we have discussed in earlier episodes, that the Bible is full of Mesopotamian myths and stories that can't be verified. We also discussed that men have translated the Bible by the cultural influences of their own belief system, rather than by stating what the original Hebrew text actually said. So does that destroy one's faith in Christ? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Our faith is not based upon men's writings in a book. According to Jesus, in Matthew 4.4, he says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. When we spiritually hear God's voice and do what he says to do, we are building our house upon a solid foundation, just like Jesus said. I know for me, if everything came toppling down in my entire life, I could never turn my back on the one who showed up and rescued me on that day where I felt like I could not go on. He gave me the incredible gift of peace and said, I am here and I will show you what to do. That is my solid foundation in Christ. Jesus led me to the Father. Just like Christ connected with God, so did I. And that's me as well. God has done so many incredibly great things in my life. It doesn't matter what any book says or what anybody says, just like you. If yes. the world come toppling down today, you could never deny the one who has saved us and who has brought us thus far. Absolutely. So I am here to let you all know that if your faith is only based upon stories of a distant Christ or on the written words of the Bible, then I encourage you to dig deeper. When I was researching for the book Remnants of Our, I was actually astounded by what I found about the Gospels. First of all, I want to express my sincere thanks to the writers of the Gospels for giving us a small snapshot of who the Messiah was. It is because of the Gospels that we can glean the behaviors of the man who represented the true nature of God, and we can see how he stood up to the religious leaders by opposing the brutal laws of Moses that were believed to represent the heart of God. However, 
The Gospels, just like the Old Testament, are not without controversy. There are so many questions. Who actually wrote the books? And when were they written? Why did the stories differ between the first three Gospels? And most significantly, why is the book of John so glaringly different from the first three Gospel accounts? Thanks to scholars, we have a bit of insight into the origins of the Gospels. The book of Mark is believed to be the first gospel written, and Mark is thought to have been one of Peter's disciples. The book was written approximately 40 years after the death of Christ. Therefore, it would be reasonable that this gospel would have been written by an eyewitness. The gospels of Luke and Matthew are believed to have been written decades later, using Mark as a guide. These gospels add in the virgin birth of Christ and Matthew inserts writings from the prophets to support his view that Christ was indeed the Messiah. How far later was Matthew's account written? Possibly even up to 70 years after the death of Christ. 70 years after the death of Christ. So they had plenty of time for Paul to to be influenced by Paul's teachings. Correct. Okay. Yes, that's that's, I never thought about that. That's interesting. Yeah. But... The thing is, with the Gospels, they think that they were passed on by oral communication. You know, if you've sat under the teachings of Christ and you heard what he said and you pass those stories on, then it's a compilation of... That's how we get the good stuff. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. Interestingly, in Mark, Matthew, and Luke, Christ is recorded to have wanted to keep it silent about him being the Son of God, whereas John reports Jesus broadcasting the information openly. One thing is evident that the farther away from the death of Christ that the gospel was written, the more the authors are determined to convince the reader that Jesus was an actual God. As Christianity spread, it was easier to sell the idea to polytheistic Rome that Jesus was to be worshipped as a God in the Trinity the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And just like the writers of the Old Testament were influenced, the writers of the Gospels were most definitely influenced by the culture of Roman mythology. Rome had overtaken Israel and Judah 70 years before the birth of Christ and had ample time to influence their thinking by the time the Bible stories were created. The theme of a virgin birth was common among Roman mythology. The Roman god Attis was born of a virgin on December 25th and would go on to die and resurrect from the dead. Now, I know there's a lot of smart people out there. I think a lot of these pastors are extremely smart. I think they've gone to the seminary schools and learned all this incredibly, a lot of historical facts. How did they miss that? (laughs) You know, it's like, really? How do you miss that the virgin birth is a uh, is a Roman mythological it's, it's a, story? Right, it's common. That's not the only yeah. It's yeah story. It's common, it was yeah. a common theme among Roman mythology. And the date, the date, the, just December twenty fifth, is like really right. You know, the whole world's timetable is based around the birth of Christ. But I, I don't know. It just blows my mind sometimes. How how somebody hasn't stood up and, and said this before that, hey, wait a minute, this book is flawed, but Christ is not flawed. 
Right, exactly. You have to dissect the two. They've used this book for a religious tool yeah. to teach people what they believe is God yeah. by saying that every word in this book is from the mouth of God. It actually perverts people's view of who God actually is. Yeah. So just like we learned with the Old Testament, the Gospels are full of spiritual gold. But one must extract the true meaning of Christ out from the works of men's culturally influenced writings. Did learning these things shake my faith in Christ? No. No, not at all. I am thankful for the Gospels. It is the only collection of work that we have to read about the one who showed immense compassion to humanity. The Gospels give us a glimpse at the one who lived his life in complete union with God the Father and lets us know that it is possible for us today. Faith in Christ comes from a spiritual connection that bears witness in our hearts and confirms that Jesus represented God. The Gospels show us that his life blatantly revealed the difference between a spiritual relationship with God and the practice of an ancient religion. When I was in the church, I was taught to worship every word in the Bible as if it was breathed from the very mouth of God. I was taught to worship the blood sacrifice that God had given to all of humanity, but it was not until I came out of the church that I truly met Christ, my Lord. When talking to his disciples, Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, yet you don't do the things that I tell you to do? And then he says, Anyone who hears my teachings and does them is like a wise man who built his house on a foundation of rock. And when the wicked storms come, the house will stand strong. So the way to worship Christ is to hear the spiritual teachings of our Lord and to put them into practice. When Peter James and John were taken up to the mountain and saw Christ transfigured and then saw him having a discussion with Isaiah and Moses. The disciples wanted to build three tabernacles to mark the site as a place of worship. Right after that, their answer came as a cloud descended upon them and a loud voice was heard, This is my son. Hear him. You know, it, it must have been so frustrating for the Lord, for our God, our Heavenly Father, to have sent His Son to teach people how to hear God's voice, how to walk with Him. And they still, because of their cultural background, they couldn't hear Him. Christ was right there in the flesh, talking to them, trying to teach them how to connect, connect with God, and they couldn't hear a word of it. Because oh. they were busy waiting to take over <laughs> and set up their kingdom in, in, in Right. They had been taught, you yeah. know, that this is what was going to happen. And so in this, this passage here, they want to set up tabernacles for each of them to mark the space as a holy spot so they could worship. And God is saying, stop. This is my son. Hear him. You're not supposed to be worshiping him. You're supposed to be listening to him. That's correct. The disciples were supposed to be listening to what Christ was saying to them. 
that's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us. If you're interested, our book, Remnants of Ur, is available on Amazon. If you have any questions or comments, our email is remnantsover at gmail.com. <laughs>